Well, hello, my friends. Hey, welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett on the Friday broadcast. We have made it another week of broadcasting, so thank you so much for joining me. Well, as we go into the weekend, I thought it'd be appropriate to talk about random acts of kindness. Uh, You know, the random act of kindness term is attributed to Anne Herbert, who wrote, Practice Random Kindness and Senseless Acts of Beauty. And she wrote it on a restaurant placemat. And the term often refers to selfless acts, both large and small. And these are acts that are committed very unexpectedly, without prompting, and with no apparent ulterior motive. It's based upon the character of somebody. You're not going to commit random acts of kindness if you don't have kindness in your heart. There's a verse that I love that talks about being kind to one another and building each other up. But I want to look at an Old Testament passage, Exodus chapter number one. And I see there are four benefits of random acts of kindness found in Acts chapter one. Now, before we go too far, let me kind of summarize the situation that we find ourselves in in the book of Exodus Exodus chapter one. You know the story. The nation of Israel has found themselves in a really bad place. They have found themselves as slaves in Egypt. All the good things that happened in the book of Genesis, how God used a guy by the name of Joseph to basically save Egypt and to save the people of Israel, all that is long gone and forgotten. As we pick up Exodus chapter 1, we discover that Pharaoh had enslaved the Israelites. Pharaoh was a dictator, and he looks out and he sees that the numbers of the Israelites are starting to become very numerous. He becomes to be uh, filled with fear. I guess you could say he had a love-hate relationship with the Israelites. On one hand, they were the source of his labor. They were the ones that were producing a lot for him to enjoy the prosperity that he enjoyed, to enjoy all the wonderful building projects that he had going on, to enjoy the prosperity. It was all made possible because it was done on the backs of slaves. But God chose Moses to free them from oppression. Uh, But before that happens, in chapter number one, we discover that There is a list of names, 11 sons of Israel who came into Egypt with Jacob. They had all these descendants, but it seems like they have forgotten about all that God did. So let's look at the first benefit of a random act of kindness. First is that your acts of kindness may be quickly forgotten, but be kind anyway because the fruit will remain. Let's pick up the story in Exodus in chapter number one, and I will pick it up in verse number six. It says, In time, Joseph and all his brothers died, ending that entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and they filled the land. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, Look, the people of Israel, they outnumber us. 
They are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and war breaks out, they will join our enemies, and they'll fight against us. Uh, Then they will escape from our country. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pethon and Ramses as supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and to make bricks and to do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all of their demands. So we learn here that the acts of kindness that was given to the predecessor of Pharaoh was quickly forgotten. But I want to remind you, we should be kind anyway, because that fruit will remain. We are kind to others, not so that we can receive kindness back from them. We are kind because it's within our nature to be kind. That is what we produce. Somebody may try to cut off that kindness, but we still receive the blessing for being kind. Now, we don't know how many male children were saved by the brave midwives in Exodus chapter 1, but it has to be in the thousands. We know that Moses' life was spared, but it has to be thousands of others. See, God had fruit that was going to remain. Because of the kindness of these brave midwives, kindness extended, life was given, that fruit was going to remain. So that's the first benefit. Somebody may forget your kindness, but God will reward you in other ways and in other areas because that fruit is going to remain. You know, kindness is one of those things, the more you give it away, the more you receive. The kinder you are to others, you will receive kindness. Sometimes we don't get the kindness back from the person that we're kind to, but God ensures that we are receiving kindness because that fruit is going to remain. Here's the second point about kindness, random acts of kindness. They may be quickly forgotten, number one. Be kind anyway. That fruit's going to remain. But number two, kindness is based upon reverence for God, not fear of others. Let's go back to the story. Exodus chapter 1. It says that the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shifra and Puah, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth, and they're on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby that's being born is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and didn't do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. And they let them live. The king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? Now, this is interesting, right? What a powerful point. Kindness that is based upon the reverence of God will eradicate fear. They were not afraid of Pharaoh. They weren't afraid of the king of Egypt because they had a reverence for God and they followed through in obedience with what God wanted them to do. 
God in his kindness is a giver of life. He always understands and and stands up for the sanctity of life. The midwives feared God. They revered God, so they did not fear the king. They realized they would rather have a king on the earth come against them than a king of kings to be disappointed with them. The king of Egypt says, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? Which leads to our third point. Kindness is not always rewarded by man, but is always rewarded by God. Doing kindness may not be politically acceptable. The giving of life is the greatest kindness that we can give to another. This kindness that the midwife showed, it cost them a lot. It could have probably cost them their very lives. They were defying the ruling power of Pharaoh. Pharaoh was a self-deputized deity. His role was both civil and religious. You see, the Pharaoh owned all the land of Egypt. He made all the laws in Egypt. He collected the taxes. He defended Egypt from invaders. Uh, He was the commander-in-chief of the army. Whatever the Pharaoh said, he was the king. Whatever he said took place. We discover as he questions the midwives as to why they would let these boys live, the midwives respond this way. The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They're vigorous. They give birth before the midwives arrive. Now here we see a lie that is told by the midwives. But I would say it's a justifiable lie. It's kind of like the hiding of the spies by Rahab the harlot. She lied when they came looking for the spies and said they've already left when they were hiding in the roof of her house. You see, when you look at how God works, there is a greater good. Life is more important. Protecting life is more important than even telling the truth. Here the Hebrew women they said, we're not like the Egyptian women. They're vigorous. Now, there may be an element of truth to this because these were hardworking women, and there may be an element of truth, but those midwives oftentimes would be there in time to see that it was a male child or a female child that was born. And even if they arrived late, they were still to carry out the orders to throw that baby into the Nile River. Verse number 20 says, God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. You see, God was kind to the midwives because they protected life. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Don't you love this? They received families of their own because they were kind. God blessed them with a family. I was reading a fascinating story uh, not too long ago. It's a story about a store clerk who gave a random act of kindness, and he was greatly rewarded, rewarded with a car and tuition. Well, here's the story. Jordan Taylor had been working as a teenager, stocking bottles of orange juice at the local market. And he noticed that there was a young guy, a little guy named Ryan, a teenager who was watching him. 
He stopped and he saw little Ryan and he immediately discovered or figured out that he had autism. And, you know, teenagers with autism, especially, I can speak from personal experience. They love to line things up. They love to organize things. They love to do things like puzzles because it's putting things together. Well, Jordan Taylor saw Ryan and says, hey, would you like to help me? And little Ryan, 17-year-old autistic teenager, is putting bottles of orange juice into the refrigerator, lining them up perfectly. Well, Ryan's dad saw this and began recording on his phone what was happening. Well, somehow the video got out, and the video got the attention of the owner of the market, got attention of a local credit union, got the attention of a nearby university, and the local credit union was so impressed with this act of kindness by Jordan they said, we want to give you a scholarship, a four-year scholarship to the state university. Well, somebody else got a hold of it and discovered that Jordan didn't have transportation. So they bought him a brand new Chevy Cruze sedan. And as you think about this, U.S. Representative Garrett Graves says, you know, if anybody deserves credit here, it's Jordan's mother. Because Jordan's mother and father instilled in him that act of kindness. When I think about these midwives, they feared God. God had instilled in them this desire for kindness. And so God shows his kindness to them by giving them a family. They protected another family. And so God says, I tell you what, I'm going to give you a family. You see, that's how God rolls. Well, there's one final point that I want to share when you look at random acts of kindness. Let me review real quick what we've covered so far. Number one, we have learned that we should benefit from random acts of kindness because although the kindness may quickly be forgotten, the fruit will remain. Secondly, we learned that we should be acting out with random acts of kindness because that kindness is based upon our reverence for God. And when we are living in random acts of kindness, it eradicates fear in our lives because our kindness is coming from God himself. And then the third point that we've learned is that kindness is not always rewarded by men. Sometimes it is, but God always sees that is rewarded by him. You see, it may not be correct politically to be kind to certain people, but we're to be kind anyway. You know, I look at our culture today and I look at what we are facing. As believers in Christ, there are so many things that are contrary to our faith, but we must be kind even to those who are living in contrary to our faith. We don't have to approve of what they're doing, but we can be kind to them in spite of the fact that we don't agree with them. Well, the last point is this. We should be kind in exercising random acts of kindness because kindness rejected hurts the innocent one's the most. You see, when I don't give kindness or I reject kindness, I'm not only hurting myself, I'm hurting somebody else. That's why Hebrews 12, 15 says, see to it that nobody misses the kindness or the grace of God. Because if you do, a ruder bitterness will spring forth and defile many. You see, when we reject kindness, when we reject grace, Innocent people are hurt the most. Going back to Exodus chapter 1, verse 22, Pharaoh gave this order to all the people. Every Hebrew boy 
that is born to you must be thrown into Nile River, but let every girl live. You see, on full display, the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, saw the kindness of God, but yet he rejected it. The Israelites, we discover, in spite of that, were very fruitful. They increased greatly. They multiplied. They became extremely strong so that the land was filled with them. But verse number 12, the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more they multiplied, the more they spread. As a result, the Egyptians hated the Israelites. Verse 20, so God treated the midwives well, and the people multiplied and became very strong. Exodus chapter 12, verse 37, the Israelites journeyed from Ramesses to Succoth, there are about 600,000 men on foot, plus all the dependents. In spite of Pharaoh's tyrannical act of hatred and having the male boys killed, Egypt is facing defeat. The Israelites are overshadowing them. Egypt forgot two things about God's kindness. Number one, they forgot that the basis or the reason for their prosperity was the kindness of the Israelites, the kindness of Joseph, whom they enslaved. You know, the Bible is very clear in Genesis chapter 12. Those who bless Israel, God will bless. In Genesis chapter 15, the Lord said to Abraham, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in the foreign country. They will be enslaved and they'll be oppressed for 400 years but I'll execute judgment on the nation that they will serve. Afterward, they will come out with many possessions. But as for you, you will go to your ancestors in peace. You'll be buried in a good old age. And the fourth generation of your descendants will return here. For the sins of the Amorites has not yet reached its limit. We could say here that God was going to settle the score. God was going to work it out, but God was, even in this case, the case of the Amorites. He was going to be patient with them until it hit a tipping point, until that sin had reached its full limit. What was God doing? God was reaching out in kindness, saying, I'm going to give you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to receive my kindness. You know, if somebody dies without Christ in the United States of America, they cannot say, that God was not merciful to them. They rejected that mercy. Even though they might not have had a full knowledge of who he is, they rejected what small amount of mercy they received from God. His kindness. His kindness in neighbors who share the gospel. His kindness in churches that proclaim the gospel. You know, I found something that is kind of hurtful, I guess you could say. But oftentimes, the people that I've been the kindest to have been the ones who have been most unkind in return. It's almost like they miss the depths of the kindness that they have received. One time I received a heartbreaking letter from a person who says, I'm leaving the church. And I was kind of set back because we had invested heavily in this person. And I mean, not just time and in counsel, but also financially helping this person. 
and for a couple years we had invested heavily in them. And I received this letter from this individual. And to summarize the letter, the letter basically says, I came to you hurt and broken, and now I'm restored, and, and now I'm, I'm, on a good, I'm in a good place, and so now it's time for me to go somewhere else. Like, go somewhere else? Have you forgotten the kindness of the Lord, the, the kindness of this congregation, who when nobody saw anything worthwhile in restoring you, we reached out to you, and, and we loved you, and we encouraged you. I heard a stat that says, a pastor will spend 80% of his time dealing with 20% of the problems within the congregation. And the reverse is also true that 20% of the congregation does 80% of the work. That there's a two different 20% there involved. But oftentimes you'll see that those who don't receive kindness with a heart of gratitude and humility almost resent that kindness. They miss the depth of that kindness. I hope that I never get over the kindness of the Lord to me. I hope that I never take for granted the kindness of God's people and how they have been abundantly kind to me. Oh, there's plenty of examples of people that would disappoint you. But whenever there's a tragedy that takes place, I look at the ones who are the heroes, the ones who had the random acts of kindness, who are going into places that are dangerous because they're driven by love and kindness. You know, as I record this, it's just a week after the shooting uh, that took place in that church, uh, Covenant Church and Covenant School in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, as we have been inundated with the reports of the evil, the pure evil that was on display, that's what it was, pure evil, we can oftentimes overlook the heroes. I think about those two young police officers. They are both under the age of 30, both young guys. And within seconds of arriving, they didn't delay going in to that hotspot. They immediately took action. And amazingly, with, within less than 30 minutes from the time of receiving the first 911 call to the time that that situation was closed off, these two young officers went in there charged in, in the very depths of evil and put themselves in a, in a dangerous situation because they were driven by kindness to protect life. You see, that's what God did for us. He left the portals of heaven. He left his beautiful home up in heaven and sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to come into this sin-cursed world. When he left heaven, there was really no compelling motivation to offer salvation. Jesus knew that most would reject the free gift of salvation. Most would reject him. And most would reject all that he went through to bring about their redemption. When you read the most popular verse in the Bible, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, That verse is so powerful because it says that God loved the world that he sent his son. The atonement of the blood of Jesus Christ has the capacity to reach every person that has ever been born, to redeem every person that has ever yet to be born. He died for the world, although most of the world rejects him. Jesus says, wide is the path that leads to destruction, and many go there, but narrow is the gate, and few there go by. 
You see, when Jesus offered his kindness to us in giving his very life for us, he did it because he was driven by love. That's what drove his kindness towards humanity. You see, God is, is not willing that any should perish. It goes against his nature to want to see somebody perish. That's why he did everything he could in his power to give us an opportunity to receive his kindness. Today, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, this Friday afternoon, why not today pray? And said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. I want to receive your kindness or forgiveness. I put my faith and trust in you. I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you were buried. I believe that you rose again. And today I put my faith and trust in you. If you just prayed that little prayer, even if your eyes are open because you're driving down the road, would you shoot me a text message at 252-267-2365? 252-267-2365. And just say, hey, I just prayed and I'm saved. Or just give me your phone number. I'll call you back. Leave me a message. I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you because you're my brother in Christ. You're my sister in Christ. Thank you so much for listening today. May God bless you. May you have a wonderful weekend. I hope to see you on church this Sunday. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.